Take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to this evening. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Of course you have Psalms, Proverbs. You go right on over in Ecclesiastes. Of course Ecclesiastes is written by Solomon. Solomon is, as we understand the scripture, Solomon is probably, outside of Jesus Christ, the wisest man that has ever walked the face of the earth. God gave him wisdom. Wisdom beyond what most people would have, I'd say. He lays some things out as you go through the book of Ecclesiastes. He's talking about life. He's talking about trying everything in life. And uh, he had the ability to do that. He had wealth, he had riches, he had bukus of wives and concubines. He had all the, anything that his heart desired from around the world. They brought things to him on ships. Uh, anywhere they found anything new, they brought it to him. And he searched out all kinds of things in life and science and and you name it, uh, he, he studied it, he, he looked after it, and he, he uh, took it into heart and considered it all. We get down to the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, and he's beginning to sum it all up. Look with me in verse 1, we'll read the entire chapter there, but it says, Remember now the, thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those that look out the windows be darkened. And I'll come back and I'll explain a little bit of that there in a minute. And the doors shall be shut in the streets, and when the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and the, all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Also when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and, and fear shall be in the uh, way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be burdened, shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets, or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, and this, this preacher that's talking about is Solomon here, by the way, he, shall, he still taught the people knowledge, yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought, sought to find out the acceptable words that which was written was upright, even words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads. And as nails fastened by, ma by the masters of the, the assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. And further by these, my son, be admonished. Of making many books, there is no end. 
and much study is a weariness of the flesh. That'd be a good one if you're still in school to try to tell your teacher, amen? <clears throat> Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Verse 13 is our text. And I said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, What's It Really All About? What's It Really All About? Let's pray. Father, we come to You this evening and Lord, I ask that you would just be with me, give me wisdom beyond my years, beyond my abilities to share from the Word of God that which you would have us to have. Lord, maybe tonight we just talk a little bit. Lord, I pray that the counsel of the Word of God would speak to our hearts loud. I pray that the Holy Spirit would move in our presence. Stir our hearts. Awaken our spirit. Move in our soul. Cause us, Lord, to take reckon of the day. Lord, may we live for you and glorify you. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You see that? You know, we seem to go through life in a kind of a blur. We've kind of become so busy, so entrenched in the things of this life that we forget to stop and to really reflect on what it's really all about. You know, there was a day in time, you know, even as a kid, I seen more of it. And even before then, I heard my grandparents and my parents talk about it. When people had time to visit, when people had time to go to one another's house, when people had time to sit out on the front porch and, and watch the kids play in the yard, people had time to sit around and talk about the old days, the good days. People had time to reflect on the time when grandma and grandpa was young and people had time to reflect on those things. Some of the greatest stories that, that you'll hear is, is from somebody that is gray-headed or bald-headed or, and, I, and I'm not saying because I'm gray-headed and bald-headed. I'm talking about somebody that's many more years than me. I was just rode hard and put up wet, Amen. The thing of it is, is that there's great wisdom in those years. Great learning. I love to hear some of the stories. I, my, my uncle, he'll be 100 years old this coming March 27th, Lord willing. And I still ask him to go back and tell me things. And he's beginning to slip and... But I've asked him things about when he was a kid and, and about the old home place and my grandma and grandpa and about the war. He fought in the Pacific. He was in the Pacific in World War II. And there's a lot of things there that we can look at and reflect on. But you know, the greatest of those is the fact that people took time. Maybe not all the things that we heard or that we would hear but that we would take time and reflect and really look at life. The other day, honestly, Brother Jimmy, when you called me, I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I was, I was saddened. 
by the news, hearing what Brother Jimmy shared with me about Brother Jim's condition. That doesn't mean the Lord can't heal him and raise him up or give him more time. But even beyond saddened, I was moved, I'd have to say. And it caused me to begin to reflect upon life. You say, well, preach this first time you ever done that. No, it's not the first time, but it was one of those situations, one of those incidents that it kind of causes you to stop and to think about life. Begin to think about different things in your own life and the life of others. Especially as a pastor, as I think about, yes, my life, but the life of those in the church. It all comes about full circle one day for all of us. We'll all stand before the Lord one day, maybe sooner than we realize, especially if the Lord gets ready, He's getting ready to come back, I believe. We don't know. And I think it's good for us to stop at times and begin to reflect about our lives and what it's really all about. Because as I said, we get so caught up in the day. We get so entrenched in everything, whether it be the news and the disparities that we call of what's going on in government and the country and, and on goes the list. You know what I'm talking about. It may be that we get caught up in the jobs, get caught up in the problems, caught up in health difficulties. And sometimes our sight is moved from what life is really all about to all the things of this world and that's taken place. And so what I'm speaking about tonight is, a, is really what Solomon was speaking about when he said that he basically, what he was talking about here, when he said, he said uh, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. And what he's saying, he said, let's look at everything. Let's look at life. And let's draw a conclusion from what takes place in life. He said, I have tried everything. I have looked at everything. I've had the wisdom above all that's had wisdom. I've experienced more than any man has experienced is what he's saying. And he said, we need to look at the conclusion of this. After trying everything, and, and I do mean everything, Solomon gives us a conclusion of the whole matter of life here. But first of all, he kind of brings us to realization so that we'll awaken about life. We find that life is brief and it comes quickly and it goes quickly. It seems as though yesterday I was a teenager, I was playing basketball, I was doing this, I was doing that, and it doesn't seem like it was all that long ago that I met my wife and that we were married and that we had our first child, and now her first child's birthday is today. He's 18. Wow, time goes. Solomon said in verse 6 and 7, he said, Or ever the silver cord is loose." or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. 
And what he's talking about is death. He's talking about the end of something. The silver cord being broken means that it's loosed, not to be used again. The pitcher that is broken at the fountain can no longer hold water. The wheel broken at the cistern can no longer grind the wheat. In verse 7 he says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Adam was made out of the dust of the ground. God took it and formed him. We're nothing but dust. These bodies, when they're laid in the ground, will return unto that dust one day. But that's not us. The body is not us. That's just what houses us. He goes on and says, And the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. That's us. James 4.14 says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? Is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanisheth away. We've had this sudden cool down after this, this, these warm weeks and everything. And as I was driving this morning, I looked out across the, the little lake over here by, by the, uh, the old Hab Center. And, and the steam was coming up off of the water because of the change in temperature. And it would come up. You could see it down next to the water. But after it got up a little ways, it disappeared. God says that's the way life is. You see it for a minute, you see it for a moment, and it's gone. It disappears. Today you're young and spry and invincible, you think. And tomorrow, somebody's leading you by the hand. Somebody's pushing you in a wheelchair. Somebody's walking by your casket. It comes and goes quickly. We sometimes seem to forget that life is really short and it needs to be lived to the fullest for the right reason and the right thing. You say, preacher, I don't want to hear about this. I, I want, and that's our problem. We don't want to reflect sometimes. Sometimes we just got to get serious about what life is really about. That we might live it to the fullest. I've often heard people say, what would you do if you knew the Lord was coming back tomorrow? We would spend a, a, a sleepless night going from house to house and person to person telling them about Jesus Christ, wouldn't we? We'd be on our phones uh, burning them up trying to get people to receive Christ their Savior. But what if you knew that you would be dead tomorrow? Would you just lay down if you had the strength not to do something. Life is short and we should be using it to the fullest for the honor and glory of God. The, the psalmist takes a close look at, at life also. And this is, this is David here that actually wrote this uh, as the psalmist uh, and, and talking about the need to understand that we're here but for a short time and, then, and we need to make sure that we know the value of the little time that we actually have. In Psalms 39 and verse 4 and 5, he says, he says, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is 
that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. And David is saying, Lord, I want to know, I, I want to reflect, and I want to have an understanding in me. He said, he's not saying I, I'm, I'm quitting, I'm wanting to die, or anything like that, or I think I'm going to die. He said, I want to have an understanding of how frail life is. And I want to have an understanding of how important my life is. And I want to have an understanding of that I need to use this life in the right manner. Because I've got it one time. I've got one life to live. And it seems as though it goes in a hurry and it's short. And I want to live it to the fullest for you, Lord. And so we see that, that David is even looking at this and, and we go back and look at the, the life of David and David did exactly that even to the point of laying up uh, the, 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 uh, the, the materials to build the temple of God for Solomon. David was continually singing of the Lord and, and praising the Lord and much of the Psalms come from David and some of them come from Solomon. And David was continually bragging on the Lord and magnifying the Lord. And I think it's because David looked at life and he reflected upon life and said, you know what? I want my life to count for the right reason. I want God to use me. After all the indulging into everything that this life had to offer, Solomon called it all vanity. Look at verse 7. He said, then shall the dust return to the earth... As it was. And the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, saith the preacher, all is vanity. You know, all that the world has to offer, all that we can amass, all that we can indulge in, will one day mean nothing. Think about that. You work all your life, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't work. You work all your life to get things, to have a better life for you and a better life for your children, and that's, that's okay. I think God wants us to do the best we can. Don't, don't get me wrong what I'm saying here. But one of these days, it's all gone. It's all gone. All gone. Whether sometimes it burns up in a fire now, sometimes we lose it because of stock market or whatever, sometimes it's bad investment, sometimes it's just because we lose it at death, you can take none of it with you. And so it becomes, in one sense, it becomes vanity that we would put too much stock in it. Don't get me wrong, I think that we should work, I think we should work hard, and, and I'll be honest with you, people... There's people that won't work, that can work, and I think that's wrong. I think we're to work. I think we're to do what we can do. 
And I think we're to do everything that we can to provide for our families. I think we ought to, to try to do the best we can. But to use everything that God has provided to us, we ought to take it and use it for His honor, for His glory. And realize that it's not about what we gain. It's not about what we amass. It's not about what we put in the bank. It's not about what we drive. It's not about what we wear. It's not about what we're going to live in. Hey, listen, what's going to matter is when we step across that golden shore onto the other side and we look into the face of our Savior, that's what's going to matter. And I think that our life should be about that. Now, these things are part of what God has us to do, and that's part of, and to be honest with you, part of, part of the jobs that we have and the, in the, in the relationships that we have in those jobs, I believe God gives us those things that we might be a witness and a testimony for Jesus Christ because it puts us in connection with other people. If you just went out and, and just said, well, I'm just going to eat, uh, you know, I'm just going to grow everything I, uh, that I need and I'm not going to do anything else. I'm going to hunt. I'm going to make my own clothes out of this and that and, and I'm just going to live like a hermit out there and, and you try to stay away from everybody, don't try to do anything. You're missing the point because the point is, is that your life is to bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. That means rubbing shoulders with people. That means coming in contact with people. That means that that we work and so that we can even take and, and support missions and, and get the gospel out here and, and do the things that we need to do and, uh, for the honor and glory of God. But as Solomon looked at it, he said, you know, it's all vanity. Those things that are for here. One day this body that has sought and lusted and envied and indulged in all that is this world can present will be laid in the earth and returned to dust. And the Spirit will go to be present with the Lord for His judgment. You look up that word in the old Webster Dictionary, vanity, and this is exactly what it says. Something that is vain is empty and of, and, or valueless. No value in it. No value in it. Solomon said of it all in verse 8, vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity. And what he's saying, he said, all these things that we put so much stock in, that we work so hard to get for ourselves, he said, they're of no value. They're of no value. Now, I don't believe that God doesn't want us to have a house or anything. I don't believe that's the case. What I'm saying is, is that when that becomes our life, that's what I'm talking about. When that becomes our life to amass things, to have the indulgences for ourself, when it all comes about our flesh, that's when it becomes vanity. Because the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So I don't think he's against having things. And I don't think he's against having money or, or doing well or having nice clothes or a nice car or a nice house or, or any of that. I'm not, that's not what I'm trying to say. But when that becomes the focus of our life, then it's all of no value. What's of value is that which will last forever. Most of what man does in life, to be honest with you, is vanity. So what's life 
about. Verse 13 again says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Then he says, fear God. Keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Solomon was living under the law. And so he was very familiar with the keeping the commandments and the sacrifices. We're under grace. But still the law means that we should live to bring honor and glory to God, that we should obey the Word of God, that we should obey the direction of the Holy Spirit, that we should be obedient unto the Lord. What Solomon, as I said before, which was the wisest man outside of our Savior, is saying here that after trying all the only thing that matters in life and the only thing that can bring real joy and for eternity, for now and for eternity, is what we do with and for the Lord. That's what really matters. That's what's going to make a difference. You see, we even going to church just to say that we went to church is vanity. But when we go to church to worship the Lord, to to draw near to Him and to pray and to seek His face, it's different. In his line of thinking, he started with the young because he knew that they would be the ones that it would be hardest to get to understand and uh, the, the real meaning of life. Look with me back in verse 1. Notice how he starts there as he's about to bring this conclusion. He says, remember now, Thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. If you look at what he's saying, he said, when you're young, live for God. Keep him first in your life. Don't wait until you become old. Don't wait until you come to a place in your life when, when everything seems to be going uh, uh, the wrong direction. Your health begins to, to deteriorate and, and you don't have the energy anymore and you don't have the desire anymore and, and it just seems like you're slowing down. He says, no, he said, while you're young, he said, live for the Lord. I'm going to be honest with you. I got saved when I was in high school. And from that time on, I have in some way or some fashion, been involved in, in, in church and in ministry. Uh, I started out working with puppets in a children's church. And for years did puppets and then got involved with the children and different things. And they worked on bus and was a youth pastor and, and, and different things. And, and, and spent hours upon hours uh, uh, preparing uh, messages for teenagers and hours upon hours uh, uh, having youth activities. Uh, a lot of times, uh, some every week or at least every other week and, 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 and until uh, sometimes uh, late at night going to camps and going to, to youth rallies and, and youth conferences and spending time and, and dragging our kids along and, and sometimes uh, having to leave when they're young, leave them at, at babysitters so that we could, could get to these young people to know the Lord and, and 
and every Sunday uh, uh, being there to teach Sunday school class to them and to, and to stand before them on Sunday night and, and what we called Young Fundamentals, our team meeting, and preach to them uh, every Sunday night. And, and then when we would have youth activities, uh, we would have fun and we would do different things and uh, silly things and crazy things and, and enjoy it and then, and then sit them down and, and have some refreshments and then preach to them and, and pray with them and, and, and drive them home in a, in a van and get home sometimes 10 o'clock at night myself and, and have to get up the next morning and go to church and start all over again. And, and, and can I tell you something? I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. Packed my family up and moved up northern Missouri. And I remember a retired preacher looked at me before we left. He said, we had three girls at that time. Hunter was on his way. He said, you'll never be back. And he said, you'll leave your girls wherever you go. I thought, no, we'll probably be back. And our family's a little bit scattered. We're, we're fortunate that the farthest one's away, two and a half hours. Some here, some at home. But he was right. But I wouldn't change it for anything. wouldn't change having missionaries in our home sit down at our table so our kids could hear them talk. Preachers and evangelists in our home sitting at our table and our kids hearing them talk. Taking them to revival meetings. Sometimes going and preaching revival meetings, being gone all week and knowing Janine was at home taking care of the kids and getting them in and out of school and everything and come driving in about 2 o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning, get home and have a youth activity that night and church the next day. Wouldn't trade for anything in the world. That doesn't mean that there's not been the vanities in my life, that there's been things that, that's not going to count for anything. No, they're there. But it's all those other things. Spending time with the family around the Word of God. Going knocking doors. Inviting people to church. Passing out gospel tracts. Giving out revival flyers. Sometimes sitting up and going back from the house while everybody's home on a night that we thought that we'd play a game or something. And I have to tell Janine, I've got to go back to church, got to counsel with somebody. Sometimes get back and begin to counsel with them and they gloriously get saved. Sometimes it was seems as for naught as they sit there and they didn't want me to counsel with them from the Bible. They just wanted to complain. But God knew. 
the things in life that are the most important are the things that have to do with the Lord. Raising our families, raising our children to love God. It's not as important that they get a bicycle or a motor scooter or a car as it is that they get to know God. The most important thing in their lives is while they're young to remember the Creator in the days of their youth. He speaks of a person's life and the aging process in those next verses there. Look at this. It says in verse 2, he says, While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened or nor the clouds return after the rain. Otherwise, you can see well. Your eyes aren't dimmed. He said, In the day, he goes on, he says, In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. You know what he's talking about? The bones. You begin to shake the keepers of the house. The strong men shall bow themselves. With age. And the grinders cease because there are few. What's that preacher? The teeth. They're the grinders. As we get older, we lose some. I'm missing two here, missing one here, missing one here, missing one up here. As we get older, we lose the grinders. Before long, somebody has to grind our food for us. Part of aging. And there are few, and those that look out the windows be darkened. How many times have we heard somebody say, I just can't see like I used to see. And I have to say that. It's part of age. And the doors shall be shut in the streets. When the sound of the grinding is low, he shall rise up at the voice of the bird. Isn't it amazing? You want to go to bed earlier as you get older? Man, you seem like you wake up at 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning. All the daughters of music shall be brought low. You don't hear like you used to hear. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high. Used to when you was younger, man, you'd climb a ladder, get up on top of the house. After a while, you don't want to even get up on a step stool becomes rickety to you or climb a step. He said, fears shall be in the way and the almond tree shall flourish and the grasshopper shall be a burden and the desire shall fail because man goes to his long home and the mourners go about the streets. Talking about life moving on. While you're young, don't waste the good years that you have. Live for the Lord. Make your life about the Lord and you'll never regret it. He speaks of remembering the Lord, ever keeping Him in your heart and mind daily. 
not to wait till the days when you grow old and to seek to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Live for Him now. He lays out the need of all at, all, at any age in how we're to live this life. Verse 13 again says, Fear God and keep His commandments. Really saying love the Lord and live for Him with all your heart. And verse 8 says, And He has showed thee, O man, what is good and what the, uh, doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. As in Micah. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12 says, And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. We're living in a day and time when God is just an add-on in most Christians' lives anymore. Their life is not about the Lord. He's just part of the life. Solomon is saying that's vanity. You've heard people say, you're so heavenly minded, you're of no earthly good. Can I tell you something? That is probably one of the falsest statements that has ever been made. Because the more heavenly minded you are, the more earthly good you'll be. To show Jesus Christ, to magnify the Lord with your life, to bring honor and glory to His name, to tell others about Jesus Christ, to love Him, to serve Him. Even Enoch, when he walked with God, oh, let us walk with Him and, and bring honor and glory to His name like Enoch did. It's good for each of us to stop and take a long look at life and our life and reflect on and how we're living this, this life and what really matters each day and, and that will last for eternity. When you stop and think about today, could I get you just for a moment? Like I said, I'm mostly talking to you tonight. But could I get you just for a moment to reflect on your day today? Can I ask you this now? Of your day, what mattered for eternity? You say, well, preacher, i got to work. I understand that. But you know, in work, there's always that opportunity to be that witness. Well, I had to do the laundry and I had to do this and I didn't even get out preaching until tonight and everything else and I was at home the whole day and they didn't even talk to anybody on the phone. Did you praise the Lord? Did you get a song in your heart and thank Him for His goodness? That lasts for eternity. Did you start that day in the Word of God looking at God's Word? Did you pray for somebody, some soul? Did you pray for somebody that's going through difficulties? You see, no matter where we're at, no matter how our day goes, we can make something last for eternity. 
not just the now. Our life will always have the nows. But we should live conscious of eternity. The psalmist said in Psalms 90 and verse 12, he said, So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And really what he's saying is, he said, Lord, help us to see how fragile life is. Help us to really understand that life is short. Not to get us down, not to discourage us. I mean, but help us to realize that so that we can live it to its fullest for you, Lord. You know, sometimes we've done this on, you do this maybe on vacation. You've got, you got X amount of time on that vacation. And you go somewhere and you say, let's not waste it by sitting around in the motel. Watching the TV. Let's get out and do something. Let's enjoy the vacation. Let's make the, the most of the time that we have here because in just a few days we're headed back. You ever done that? Oh, sure you have. Or maybe you're going to see somebody and you want to make the most of it because the time is short that you'll be there. The time that we're here is short. And we should make the most of it for eternity. But sometimes we just have to stop and say, you know what? i got to regroup here just a little bit. I'm getting too overbalanced on the things that really are vanity, valueless. And I need to make sure that I'm laying up treasures in heaven. I need to make sure that my life is a witness for Jesus Christ. I need to be sharing the gospel. I need to be praying. I need to be worshiping the Lord. I need to be praising Him. I need to be walking with Him daily. I want to know Him in a greater way each day. I need to be in the Word of God. Oh, that I might know Him, that I might share Him, that others might know Him. Psalmist said, let's hear the whole conclusion. Fear God and keep His commandments. Live for the Lord. That's what he's saying. Live for God. Life short. Live for God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for your mercies and goodness. Help us to reflect. Help us to consider. Lord, help us to look at life through the lens of Jesus Christ. Help us to look at life in such a matter Lord, that we make the most of it for your honor, for your glory, and that it will last for eternity. And by doing so, Lord, we'll have great joy and great peace even now. And Lord, our hearts and lives will be enriched. Lord, and our lives will be full, not because we've filled it with things, but because we've filled it with you. Guide us and direct us. Thank you for your mercies. Bless, Lord. Lord, I praise your holy name. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me with your heads bowed tonight?